Well, howdy, folks. It is Friday, and so that means that it is time for the Jason Wright Show's best Friday ever, because that's my job. That's my self-appointed duty, is to try to make sure that you have the best Friday ever. I want you to end your week with a on a high note. So, as many of you have heard me talk about before, my Vitruvian Lab training system, which, by the way, you can now go to the Apple Store and download the app completely free. It won't cost you a thing. And once you join, you'll be able to look and see the catalog of courses that I'm offering, everything on mindsets, immune-centric health, mindfulness, all these cool things that they're, they're, what they're, they are is they're courses developed to help you improve always in all ways. And so one of the courses that I'm about to add to the catalog is one on mindsets. I already have a one-day portion there that's a part of the six-week Vitruvian Challenge, and it's actually the very beginning of the six-week Vitruvian Challenge. That's how important I think having a, a the proper mindset is. And so let's just real quick explore the different mindsets. All right, so if I ask you this question, do you believe people are born smart or do they have the, the ability to become smart and define smart however you want to? Which is it? Do you believe people or is that intelligence is something you're either born with or you're not? What about coordination as it relates to athletics and that sort of thing? Are you someone who's just born with athletic prowess or not? Okay. Now, that's just two very simplistic questions, and here are the, the here's where you may fall and where your mindset might be based on your answer to those questions. If you are someone like me whenever I was much younger and you said, look, you're either born smart or you're not. You're just one of the smart kids or you're not. Either you're one of the kids that gets put at the gifted and talented table, which I was never at that table, or you're not. Then, And that's who you are. That's it. That's what you, that's it. That's a fixed mindset. Okay. Either you're a good athlete or you're not. Doesn't matter. And if you're the one that says that, yep, you're just either born with it or you're not. Well, that's a fixed mindset. Now the growth mindset person says, you know what? I believe with hard work, with the proper strategy and the proper discipline, then yeah, you can make good grades. And it, I mean, and that, that's a thing too, with the fixed mindset person, they're all about the grade. And here's why. If you're someone with a fixed mindset, then you're someone that your identity is wrapped up in your performance. And this causes all sorts of limiting beliefs throughout the course of your entire life. I'll give you a great example of, of mine, for instance. So I was a journalism undergrad major. Now, was I a, a journalism major because I wanted to write for the Washington Post or the New York Times? Uh, yeah, no, not at all. Here's the reason why, and I know a lot of you can uh, understand this. You can relate to this. The reason why I was a journalism major is because of why, that's right, I know some of you filled in the blank, I didn't have to take as much math. Now, sure as hell didn't have to take statistics. So guess what? Yeah, journalism looks pretty good. Don't know what I'm going to do with it. So... I automatically limited myself by saying, I'm not good at math. And that one determining factor, that mindset of, I'm not good at math, and you're either good at math or you're not, as opposed to, 
I'm not that good at math, but I can get good enough to make good enough grades to get into a major that might lead to a career that I really want. That's what the growth mindset would have done for me back then, but I was steeped in a fixed mindset. And so I'm doing this research because I'm going to develop an entire course on the growth versus fixed mindset. So I hope you'll check that out. And I was doing some research on Carol Dweck's work. Uh, Dr. Carol Dweck, she's a Stanford professor that basically pioneered this entire study. She's just a rock star. And what set her on this course was she wanted to know why people and how or and how people dealt with failure. That's where this all started. She's like, you know, I wanted to research people's reactions because we, we deal with failure in different ways, right? Some people, like Zig Ziglar, he used to always say that failure is an incident, not an identity. And what Carol Dweck knew was that some people, whenever they fail at something, whether it's a, a test, whether it's a job, they get fired, a divorce, whatever the case may be, for some it is a, it's, it's a life-defining moment, and that's it. Their identity is, I'm a failure. But there's others that seem to take on failure with almost like, huh, well, now I know what to not do again. I mean, for example, the famous uh, story about uh, Thomas Edison, whenever his factory uh, burned down, he obviously had an incredible growth mindset because as he looked at the at the uh, at the the building burning, he, he the, someone came up to him and said, "Oh my gosh, Doctor Edison, all that work up in flames," and he said, "I know, all of our mistakes have gone up in flames." And then whenever he, I think it was like you know, um, when people would talk about how long it took him to develop the incandescent light bulb, he said, "I didn't figure out just one way to make." a light bulb, I figured out a hundred ways not to make a light bulb. You see, with each failure, he looked at it, instead of as a failure, he looked at it as education. That's another thing that Dr. Dweck talks about in her study. She like, early on when she, she, she latched on to this idea to study these different mindsets, or, and again, it, it wasn't even a term that she had early on in her studies. She was still just trying to figure out what makes some people fail and not fail and how they react. She brought these children in, and she had them try to uh, work jigsaw puzzles. And she noticed two drastic differences in the approach from some of the children. She said some of the kids would look at the puzzle and see how challenging it was, and they would try, and they would be just like just almost sweating. You could tell they were really struggling through it. But as they finally got through it, she said, would you like another puzzle, a harder one? And they'd be like, oh, yes, I want to try it. I want it. I want to do another one even though they had just gotten through this painstaking one. Others would go, no, I'm out. They wouldn't want the other puzzle. <clears throat> Excuse me. What she was watching in real time was a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. And here's what she realized. One of the students or the kids, they were looking at doing this puzzle as either performing or succeeding or failing. The other kids that were enthusiastic about bring it on, the harder, no problem. They were, it wasn't a task for them. They weren't just doing some exercise that some, you know, grown up was asking them to perform. They were learning. And that's the difference. They had made it a learning exercise. So anyway, 
<clears throat> excuse me, I'm reading this, um, I'm reading some of her work this morning, and I came across this passage, and there, the thing that you got to understand about having a fixed mindset is, I mentioned it to you, it's why I became a journalism major, and the thing that's really resonating with me as I, as I do this research and why I cannot wait to get this course completely developed and, and up in the Vitruvian lab so that anyone that wants to take it can start to explore what kind of mindset they have and start to correct course and, and go from a fixed to a growth mindset is this. There are so many, so many limitations that a fixed mindset can bring about. There are things that a fixed mindset person simply will not try. Because, again, they base their identity on the outcome of the situation. And so what will happen is they won't even take chances. They won't even explore ideas and things that might lead to incredible opportunities because they may fail. And I know I'm this guy. I am that guy. I have to overcome still. Even though I think, you know, I think I've got moved more into the growth mindset category with a lot of hard work and a lot of failure and a lot of limiting beliefs. But I think a lot of people, they, they're still there. And so I'm reading her research. And I want to I want to see if you, this, uh, this resonates with you and kind of how we're organizing society right now. And you know, this book was written, I think, uh, I want to say 16 years ago, uh, the first, uh, first edition of it, I think. Maybe not that long. It was, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, no, I think it was 16 years ago. So what's going on in society right now and all the things? And I'm look, I'm not going to point. I'm just going to let you infer what you will from this, whether a fixed versus a growth mindset is being exhibited in society at large. And, and then let's, I'd like for you to ponder what we do about it in our own lives. Okay, so she first tells the story about this, uh, and this is from her book, Mindset, that I, I highly recommend every everyone read. And if you decide to take the mindset course, actually, if you take the six week Vitruvian challenge, I think I give, I have a PDF version of the book that comes with the, uh, the course at, at, at no charge. So you, if you decide you want to take the, cal- the class, you can also get that, uh, that book. But anyway, um, she tells a story about this, uh, this lady that's just come out of the opera. It's a wonderful night. She's standing out on the street corner trying to uh, catch a cab. It's in New York or some big city. Maybe it was Chicago. And she's thinking to herself, oh, my gosh, there's no way. I mean, I have no better chance of getting a cab than any of these other people. And just as she's thinking that, I mean, I'm just a, you know, I'm at one in a sea of faces. There's no way I'm going to get a cab when all of a sudden a cab pulls up. And she opens the door, and the cab driver says, I stopped because I just could tell you were special. And she's like, oh, wow, how about that? And then Dr. Dweck goes on to talk about these sorts of stories and the self-esteem movement as a whole. And she wrote, the self-esteem movement encourages this kind of thinking and has even invented devices to help you confirm your superiority. I recently came across an ad for such a product. Two of my friends send, friends send me an illustrated list each year of the top 10 things they didn't get me for Christmas. This is kind of a sweet idea. I like this idea. From January through November, they clip candidate items from catalogs and or download them from the internet. In December, they select the winners. One of my all-time favorites is the pocket toilet, which, if, which you fold up and return to your pocket after using. 
I have no idea what that could possibly be. This year, my favorite was the I Love Me Mirror. A mirror with I Love Me in huge capital letters written across the bottom half. By looking into it, you can administer the message to yourself and not wait for the outside world to announce your specialness. Of course, the mirror is harmless enough. The problem, and here, let's listen to this. This is, this is the key, key, key thing that I want you guys to listen to. Because when I read this, I was like, whoa, if ever this is becoming a, uh, uh, this, is, this is in society, this is happening. I, I just, I see this everywhere. So here we go. If that didn't get your attention to listen in, then I, I got nothing else for you. So here we go. The problem is when special begins to mean better than others. A more valuable human being. A superior person. An entitled person. Yeah, so just let that sink in for a little bit. And do some people in this society today come to mind? We have reached a stage, a stage in our in, in in America in particular. It would appear that there are certain groups of people who have had self-esteem preached to them so long as the key ingredient that their feelings, their esteem trumps all other members of society. And that's a dangerous place to be. And what happens is when you have a fixed mindset, that's what you run the risk of adopting is these type of ideas. Because what you think is that whatever intelligence you have, you have to prove that amount of intelligence every single time because it can't grow. It's fixated. It's done. So each and every time, and, and this will make you not want to try something hard. You won't put your hat in the ring for a tougher assignment because you're like, I only have so much ability. It's fixed. Whereas the growth mindset person will be like, I know that's over my head. But I believe I can adapt. I believe I can learn. I believe there's strategies I can deploy to get better. Okay, but if you are in, of that fixed mindset, you think this is as good as I am. And so then it becomes you against the world. And the thing is, the world's pretty tough. You know, that one time, uh, I can't remember what philosopher actually said this, but uh, Don Draper said it. He's talking to these, uh, these beatniks one night at, uh, at one of his mistress's apartments. And they were talking about the universe, you know, some, some woo something or another. And, and Don Draper looks at him and says, the universe is indifferent. And they were both like, whoa. In fact, I think one of them says, why'd you have to go and say that, man? And here's what I'm here to, to tell you. By and large, the universe is sitting there in, in indifference. You know, if, if you jump off a building, you're going to go splat. The universe doesn't care. And it's not going to make you float because you're special. All right, so... Having a fixed mindset, it, 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 it runs the risk of having you constantly come up against unnecessary battles. 
because here's the thing. I, I remember talking to this person one time, not too terribly long ago, and she was talking about how she's a, she's a coach. And, um, she said that what she does is she helps people find their truth and live in that truth. And this is something that's becoming kind of tricky, right? We hear about this and don't, don't worry, don't get scared. I'm not going to go into any, I'm going to not go into any deep waters. I'm going to, you know, I don't, just don't worry. Just, just stay with me here. She was talking about how she helps people find their truth and live in that truth. And I had a, and I had a question for her. I said, well, okay, that's cool. I dig it. What, what do you coach them on or how do you coach them when their truth come into con- comes into conflict with another person's truth? Now, I'm, I'm giving some leeway and trying to kind of broaden my thought perspective in the middle of this conversation out of respect for my friend because here's the deal. Either something is true or it is not. And two people can have a debate over what is true and what is not. Now, you can't argue whether or not two plus two is four. It is. That's the truth. Although we live in a world where people will now say that two plus two might equal five. They think they can bend reality to their will. And as it relates to this conversation, I'm not trying to get in again. I'm not trying to wade into any, you know, um, cultural culture wars or anything like that. I know that's what all of you think is coming. It's not. I'm sticking with the theme here of the risk you run of holding on to a fixed mindset. If you have this fixed mindset that things in your world you you cannot grow, then you're going to have limiting beliefs. And what's going to happen is you're going to run the risk of becoming an idol unto yourself. You see, because whenever the universe that's indifferent or other people that hold different truths come up against your fixed truth of yourself that you may have created based on all of your experiences that have nothing to do with the rest of societies, then all of a sudden you're going to create this battle within the realm that you live in. And so by stepping out of that and having a growth mindset, then you can better realize that, hey, Let's say that you have certain principles, which are far different than a truth. Again, I think that what what we've done here in America in particular, again, I keep saying America because that's, you know, that's where I, that's where I reside and it's what I know the best about, and it's a society that I'm up, up closest to. We confuse truth with principles. You can say, I have a principle belief that... X is true, Y is true, or this is how things should be. This is what this means. You can say that's a principle. Okay, okay, that's your, that's your principle. But you can't call it truth. Your truth, if it's different than my truth, and it's different in both of ours. Let's say that your truth is different than my truth, and both of our truth, it has a delta from the actual truth. You say two plus two is four and a half. I say two plus two is three and a half. The reality is the truth is two plus two is four. We are both wrong, right? So that so we are coming in conflict with a foundational truth. Now, as a matter of principle, I may say that my father always brought me up to stand my ground that two plus two is three and a half. 
And by God, don't you ever let anybody tell you different. If that's what you believe, you hold to it. And that's my, that's a that's a principle belief that I have. Okay, that's fine. That's your principle. You have a for whatever reason, you have this principle belief that two plus two is three and a half. But still, there is a foundational anchoring truth that two plus two is actually four, and you cannot change that. So, th- so what do we do when we come in conflict? If we're we're either going to live our lives like these people, thinking that we are superior because we are so fixated in our fixed mindset that the world must bend to our will because we are unable to grow. And so because of our inability to grow, we're constantly identifying ourselves with all of our failures or the resistance. We take rejection, an absolute truth. If an absolute truth does not line up with something that we hold dear, then we just, we crumble as opposed to being able to say, you know what? I can either learn to understand that truth and I can st- I can I can live an existence that does not allow me to bow to that truth I can and, I, and I'm not going to ask anyone else to bow to my individual truth instead of that you're you're in this constant battle because if you're fixated you're constantly trying to prove yourself trying to prove yourself right and you'll con- you'll be like Don Quixote finding wars and battles around every corner where they really don't even exist. And so as I read that this morning, I thought, man, it seems like that's what's happening in our society is that we have individuals that have become so consumed with this fixed mindset and have been so identified with these different factors of coming up against certain truths that they it's not enough for them to be special and have self-esteem, but they actually see themselves as better human beings. And anything that comes in conflict with that causes them to have great anger. You know, Zig Ziglar famously said that failure is an instance. It's not an identity. I think that's one of the things that a fixed mindset person suffers from the most. They identify themselves with failure. Failure's not um, failure's not a bad thing. In fact, neurologists say now that we need to make mistakes and we need to have failures. It's the it's basically the only way the brain can truly develop. It will not fully develop without actually failing and coming up against resistance. We need that. And here's another thing too to remember, and that you that ties right in with a growth mindset. Viktor Frankl who wrote Man's Search for Meaning, I talk about it all the time, and is the father of logotherapy, he famously said, if we cannot change our circumstances, then we must change ourselves. You see, they're going to, and the, the person that is, that has the growth mindset, they're going to embrace this. They're going to say that, If I have found myself in a challenging situation, socioeconomically, academically, every academic situation I was ever in was challenging, I assure you. Whatever the case may be, they're going to say, okay, I can't get this university to dumb down statistics for Jason Wright. I I can't get him to do it, and it wouldn't be right to do it. I can't get this employer to ease up the workload for Jason Wright. It ain't going to happen. 
So what I have to do is I got to change Jason Wright. I got to up Jason Wright's game. Jason Wright's going to have to figure out some tips and some strategies to finally get through statistics, even if it nearly makes him cry like it did at SMU. He's got to figure out a way because he can't change his circumstance. He's got to change himself. That's what a growth mindset looks like. And let me tell you something. Again, you're looking at a guy who was, uh, has had lots of limitations thanks to a fixed mindset. Let me ask you this. What about your relationship? You think you found your soulmate. You, you say, I do. You go on the honeymoon. Everything's great. Then all of a sudden, you live together, and you start to realize that this person might not exactly be who you thought they were. They've actually got some human quirks. They've actually got some human traits that kind of bug you. They don't handle certain situations the way you thought they would. In fact, you learn about yourself. You may have some things that you don't handle properly. So what do you do? Well, if you've got a fixed mindset, then you say to yourself, well, this is it. Our relationship is as good as it's going to get, and it doesn't agree with me. You're out. Pop smoke. That's what a fixed mindset can do to you in a relationship. You think that that person cannot change. I, by God, I'm not going to change. So whatever we look like together, this is it. This is as good as it gets, as Jack Nicholson said. What if this is as good as it gets? And then the gasp in the, the psychologist's office. <gasps> it doesn't have to be as good as it gets. If you have two people that can adopt a growth mindset in their relationship, it's not about, hey, look, I need you to develop a growth mindset because I know you can change. And I need you to change to make this work. No, it's, it's a lot of people that probably think that way. But what it is, is it's both of you sitting down and going, all right, wherever we are, we're not fixed. There is the opportunity for growth in this relationship. Let's figure out how we together, in unison, can grow. We're not fixed. We're not, all of this isn't set in stone. We're human beings. Look, let me tell you something. And if you say to yourself, no, look, Jason, I am who I am. She is who she is. Can't change it. Really? Hmm. Because I don't think you came out of the womb walking. I don't think you came out of the womb talking, reading, feeding yourself. Matter of fact, I think probably somewhere around your, I don't know, your early adolescence, you probably weren't driving a car. You probably didn't have to do algebra in third grade. But all those things you learned, you figured out, you changed, you grew. You know why? Because as a kid, you don't learn until a certain age to judge yourself based on the views of others. You would wobble around that coffee table and fall on your diaper and hop back up and then fall on your diaper and hop back up because the only thing you were worried about doing was learning how to walk. It's all you knew was what was right in front of you. Then as you got older and you're performing certain tasks, people started looking, and that meant something to you. And if you, were, if you had a fixed mindset, then if you weren't good at it then, and you failed, then you sucked. Or worse yet, if you were going to suck, you wouldn't even try it. You know, thank God for the growth mindset because <clears throat> if, we didn't, if, if it didn't exist, then Thomas Edison wouldn't have 
figured out a hundred ways to not make a light bulb. Um, uh, Ben Hogan would not have played golf. He was horrible. Tolstoy wouldn't have written. Tolstoy was not considered a good writer. There are so many examples throughout history of people that were told that they should just give it up, that they really were of no, they just, they sucked. Don't do that in your relationship. Be willing to grow. Be willing to sit down and go, hey, whoa. You know, listen to the best Friday ever. Jason said, we don't, you know, this kind of sucks right now, but we don't have to stay here. We can grow. Huh. Darndest thing. I hope that you will explore whether you have a fixed or a growth mindset. I can tell you it's been one of the biggest, um, it's been one of the biggest enhancers of my life and the joy I found. I'm not a, I'm not afraid to, to try new things, to get here and talk to you on the Jason Wright show, on this podcast and learn these things. Let me tell you something. Everything you're looking at, right? As simple as it, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, as simple as this looks, and if you're listening on the podcast, as simple as it is just me talking to a microphone, let me tell you something. Getting to this point, to get to where I could record this podcast and clean up the audio and upload the content and get it to the iTunes store or Google Play or Spotify so that you could download it and listen to me ramble on like this on a Friday that took, that took a, the development of a growth mindset, one that I did not have for a long time. So I want you to evaluate what are those things that you say either you're good at or you're not good and you've just decided, eh, I'm just not good at that. If there's anything that you have always wanted to do, but you just don't think you were born to do it because you just think you just weren't born with that gift or talent, you know what, take another look at it, please. And if you're someone that continue that you stay very frustrated, very frustrated because the world is not aligned the way you think it should be, that it's coming in conflict with your truth, stop and ask yourself, what if there is a greater truth that I'm completely ignoring? What if I'm not just trying to be accepted? but I'm wanting, to be, I'm wanting to be treated with superiority. I'm not just wanting to be treated special. I want to be treated as more special than the other humans. And so therefore, they all need to change. They all need to succumb to my perception of myself. If that's the case, then you might be living with a fixed mindset. And life is short. Life's short. We should always be growing. All right, well, I guess that's going to do it for this week's Best Friday Ever. I do hope you'll go out to iTunes and check out the uh, the Vitruvian Lab. Download it also at Amazon.com. You can pick up a copy of The Stone Chiseler, my book, Parable, about young Giovanni Cristiani finds himself in the worst of circumstances, but he realizes since he can't change his circumstances, he has to change himself, and he goes from being the Stone Chiseler to possibly a sculptor. You'll have to read it to find out. Also, please consider subscribing to the Vitruvian Letter. That's my newsletter where I just put in all the different things I'm looking at and trying to deploy to improve always and always. And until I see you again, I hope you'll do that very thing. I'm out.